0: What is going on you guys and welcome back to the channel. So today's video we're talking about dividends and asking the question, are they bad? Are they useless? Is dividend investing an irrelevant strategy? You do hear this argument from time to time and it actually troubles me when I see in the comment section, you know, more often than I'd like to see people saying no to dividend investing. Dividends are useless. It's just why, why do dividends? I don't get it. I think there are some truths to that. Argument, but I also think there's a lot of misunderstandings and you guys already know I'm a huge advocate of dividend investing. It plays a critical role in my portfolio I think it's such a great way to invest and I want to kind of bust some of that today and hopefully give you guys a slightly better Understanding at least the way that I look at it. Okay, and I think that the argument stems like the claim against dividend investing is that you'll hear when a company pays a dividend the share price will drop in correspondence to that dividend. You see on the page, essentially this company paid out a $2 dividend, whatever it dropped by $2 for share. This is not just in theory. This is fact like this is what happens. If you go look and technically as X dividend date, if a company is going to offload money from the company, from their books to investors all over the world, Of course, that is going to be reflected in the share price and very closely tied. If you had a company with just an example, if they had a hundred billion dollar market cap, whenever we see a market cap of a stock, like you go on Google or Yahoo finance, whatever you're looking at a snapshot of a company, that's basically like the best guess snapshot at any given time on what a company is worth. This is what we value the company as I say, we, this is what, you know, we feel the company is trading at. If they are going to offload, $1 one billion dollars in dividends, like let's say in the quarter, or let's say over the course of the year, they are going to pay dividends out of the company. Absolutely. This company in theory and in practice has become one billion dollars less valuable. That is money going out of the company. I think the misconception lies where people think dividends are bonus money, right? I think this is where it is. You know, you if you're a new investor and you hear about dividends, oh, you get this little bonus stream of cash flow. Pulling your stock and they pay you this little extra money extra money that is incorrect dividends are not extra money or bonus money up in this little rectangular box i have the definition for a dividend and you'll hear variations of this but this is just what you'll find online a dividend is the distribution of earnings slash profits to the shareholder That's all that it is. It's just the means and the method of how a company distributes the earnings. And I think what's wrong with that is that as investors, we shouldn't be as focused on the dividend. Rather, we should be more focused on the company's ability to generate earnings. If a company is generating good earnings and those earnings are growing year after year after year after year, in theory, they're probably gonna pay out some nice dividends. Possibly not. We can talk about that in a second. But case in point being is that we want to look for companies that are able to generate profit for us, generate earnings, and don't think of dividends as excess money because it, it's not that, it's just how they distribute it. Let me give you an example, okay? So when a company makes money, right? Like any company out there for that matter, but certainly a stock that we do own in our portfolio. When a company makes profit or earnings, there's really two things that they can do with that, okay? Well, technically there's three, if you wanted to consider share buybacks, but let's just get share buybacks out of the way. If a company has X amount in earnings, they can choose to pay a dividend, which is option number one. Option number two, they can choose to not pay a dividend and retain that money or keep that money within the business and essentially reinvest that within the business. Let's just say a company made an extra $500 million uh, in earnings. This company became $500 million or a billion dollars. The number does not matter. If it became that much more valuable in the upcoming quarter or in the upcoming year, as investors, that will reflect in some way, shape or form. If they opt to pay a dividend, well, that will reflect because we literally got cash. We just had this company go out and earn us a bunch of business. We get that return. Like we get that cash via a dividend. Like they paid us a dividend and we get that. And it's out of the company's hands, it's in our hands. But that $500 billion, million dollars, whatever my example was, that was additional company that the company um, generated, they did good, they grew, they're distributing that, they're kicking that out to us as dividend. Now, on the contrary, let's assume they chose not to pay a dividend, and there's a lot of companies that do this, like take a company like Berkshire Hathaway as as a good example, they opt not to pay a dividend. Well, if they made $500 million extra in the upcoming year, they don't pay a dividend, but they keep that within the business, the business Still generated an extra $500,000 or $500 million, but that company still got more valuable. That should therefore be reflected in the share price. That's why you know analysts, investors, we're always looking at you know these earnings per share numbers, these quarterly reports to see whether they hit their expectations, whether they came above, because you know stocks are priced as closely as possible to what the expectations are. If they made more money than that, like if the earnings per share came in higher, well, they miscalculated, and then the share price will will boost or adjust um, to reflect that. If a company made more money, it's either gonna get kicked out as dividends or um, reinvested back into the business, retain the business, and that will reflect in the share price. But as an investor, what we are concerned about is the company's ability to generate profits, to generate earnings. That to me is like the the holy grail, right? A company's cash flow, their earnings, what are they able to make? That's what we wanna be looking at as investors. The distribution method, whether it retains or pays out, that's just up to the company. And then that's up to you as an investor to say, well, do I want that or not? Because there are like a counter side to this. Like there, you know, not every company should pay a dividend. And this is kind of where it gets uh, interesting, right? I gave the example of Berkshire Hathaway. There are many other companies, whether that be an Amazon, whether that be maybe a Tesla, geez, there are millions of other companies or hundreds of other companies out there that you may follow or invest in that opt not to pay a dividend. They choose not to. We may consider those growth stocks. Well, why would they do this? Well, at the end of the day, the simple fact of the matter is, is when a company makes earnings, if they feel that they can reinvest those earnings, keep them in the company to then go on and make more money, then that is the right move. And that's kind of why you classify these different stocks, right? A lot of times, as I talk about on the channel, you will see younger companies, you will see growth companies who are rapidly growing and expanding. They won't pay a dividend at this phase in their company's lifestyle, right? Like they're so young to the market, they're so new. A lot of times these younger companies aren't even really earning profits or they're earning a steady income to pay out in dividends. But nevertheless, if you're a company like Tesla or Amazon, where you can take that earnings and rather give it out to the shareholders and let them do whatever they want with it. And that money kind of goes to die because people may go spend it or whatever. If you could take that $500 million and go invest in a new product or go hire out uh, better talent, maybe go research and develop, um, you know, new, new technologies or new medicines if you're in the healthcare space, but take that money, use it within the business, acquire another company, excuse me, If you can reinvest that within the business and make a better return for the overall business, then don't pay a dividend. And Berkshire Hathaway is a prime example of this where Warren Buffett, you know, as the money manager he is and Charlie Munger very commonly over the years has stated, we could pay a dividend, we make enough earnings to pay dividend, but I feel I can get my investors a better return by taking those earnings and keeping them in the business and growing it. As you see companies, you know, grow and mature, when you think about these companies that pay dividends, what sectors do you find them in? Like what types of companies are you looking at? You're looking at like the financials. So the big banks, which are already all over the country and they're on every corner and every, uh, you know, city that you'll see, they've basically already gone through their growth and innovation curve. Like they're kind of on steady eddy mode, utility companies, which are all out there and boring, um, consumer goods companies. So you think to the classic like Campbell soup, right? Everyone makes fun of Campbell soup because like, what do they do? They sell soup at the end of the day and they're in every major grocery store. They've already kind of done their, their growth, uh, innovation, whatnot, uh, Procter and Gamble. These companies are at the more mature and later phase of their lifestyle where when they make these boatloads of earnings and money, maybe they don't have enough areas in the business where they can reinvest and earn a better return. Now it's possible the companies also just prioritize dividends. Like it's a very big importance to them and their shareholders. It's just one of their values. Like we want to reward it. But in most cases, when you see a company that has evolved through the years like a camel soup, these companies grow their, their revenues in the single digits often. Like their, their growth opportunity is much more limited. So what they decide as a company, and it's not like there's a board that decides this, but nevertheless, it's like, hey, we could reinvest this back in the company and possibly make a return here, or we can just issue that out and and kick it out to shareholders. Nevertheless, it's just the earnings and and, and profits at the end of the day, it's just how they distribute it. So I'm not trying to say that every company should pay a dividend, to be clear, if there is an opportunity to grow and you're young and there's also a road ahead of you, don't, reinvest that and make us more money. Um, but if not, all they're doing is just kicking some of that earnings back to you. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And why I want to talk about like, you know, why I disagree very strongly with this statement that, you know, dividends are irrelevant and they're bad. Um, is that I think when, when a company does pay a dividend, it really, it really, tells us a lot about the business. And especially if you're a newer investor, like I don't want to ever say, oh, as an investor, you can just, you know, resort to something or just like, you know, not do your research That's far from from it. You need to do your research. But if you are going to be like, well, do I want to go for small caps? Do I want to go for this? Do I want to go for this? If you use dividends as your default and then kind of research in that realm, you're probably going to be a heck of a lot better off than if you just went out for a bunch of, you know, um, smaller growth companies. And why is that? Well, number one, I believe that when a company showcases that they can pay dividends, and oftentimes not only pay dividends, but you guys know how much I love the dividend aristocrats or the dividend increasers, dividend growth investing. When they're able to increase that dividend year after year, after year after year, that indicates that this is a strong business. Now, not always, I'm not saying every company that pays a dividend is strong, but in general, like for those of you who maybe are in business, like you own a, a small business, or you've done some, uh, you know, business in your family, you know, maybe your parents had a thing, whatever it is. Anybody who has been in business understands that, you know, quarter after quarter, year after year, there's so many ebbs and flows in our in our world, and there's recession and there's tough periods and there's seasonality and it's, you know, it's 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 very tough for a business to sustainably grow quarter after quarter, year after year and get through a bunch of tough periods. Well, again, going back to our definition, you know, a dividend is a distribution of earnings or profits for a company to be paying dividends for 25, 30 years, they have to be a profitable and successful business. You know, the fact that they are a company that has been earning money year after year after year, like that indicates that they've got something good going for them, whether it's a competitive advantage, whether they're in the right market, whether there's demand for their products, it's almost like a little check mark that, hey, this company's been paying dividends for 50 years. Well, for the past 50 years, they've got something that's working. What this often indicates as well is that these companies are doing a good job of managing their capital well. So like strong capital allocation and capital mal- management, like with these cash flows, you know, can we afford to pay a dividend? Can we do this? Can we increase it? You know, a company that's not led well, I mean, they'd probably fumble that they fumble out many, many years ago. Like that's a, it's not easy to do. Um, so it does indicate strong capital management. I would even go as far as saying, and again, this is not like true for every company, but if a company has been paying dividends for so long, they are a key dividend stock, very likely that they probably have their good, you know, fundamentals in check. Like the balance sheet, for example, how hard would it be to generate profits as a company consistently over a number of decades, if you have boatloads and boatloads of debt. Again, there are exceptions of that, but case in point being is that when you see these, you know, dividend pairs for a long time, in my opinion, it does indicate like, a, a, you know, a better quality of stock. So again, if you're looking at companies to go for, well, this is awesome. Number two, and this is an obvious one, but income. And you know, it's almost like, do I even want to put this up here? Because well, that's what dividends are, it's income. It's how they're distributing these. But this is very important for a lot of people and even younger people, if you're gonna take this income and then reinvest it back into your portfolio, it doesn't mean that you have to live off of it, you know, like literally today, but income is something that we all eventually will need as investors. And a lot of times, you know, I get a good question. It's like, well, why don't I just invest in growth stocks and then, you know, peel, peel money out of my portfolio, you know, every quarter or every year. And in theory, you absolutely could. And a lot of investors do, but it's actually a lot Trickier than it sounds uh, in, in reality, right? Like it sounds so easy. Oh, I'm just gonna peel off, you know, one percent of my portfolio, or I'm gonna do this and sell this. It's like, okay, well, what stock do I sell? And then how does that affect my allocation? Is there taxation that comes to pl- come into play? There is a major benefit to having a stream of income coming in that ultimately you will be able to, to rely off one day or use or just simply reinvest uh, if you choose. But I think this is like you know a very cool characteristic, the passive income that dividends offer. And you don't have to use it if you don't want to. But number three, I'm going to talk about here to finish this video off, and I think this one's really fascinating, is performance. And I don't wanna say that dividend stocks will perform better than non-dividend stocks. Well, it's fascinating. I have a chart that I'll share with you and we can kind of discuss. But I think this is a major, major benefit. Again, I'm not trying to say that the dividends are like extra earnings and not. We've already covered that. It's just how the earnings are, are, um, you know, distributed, right? You guys get this by now. But there is an element of how these stocks perform that I believe is a benefit. And what I'll do is I'll actually throw this page up on the screen. This is a newer uh, chart here, okay? Historical averages uh, returns by dividend categories. We have a time period of 1978 to 2021. So very, very recent. Now, what this chart is broken up into is in black, we have dividend growers and initiators. In blue, we have dividend cutters or eliminators that have slashed their dividend. Yuck. In orange, we have equal weighted universe. And then in green, we have non-dividend payers. Now, broken up here by bull market, bear market, and overall, What we see very fascinatingly is that in a bull market, dividend growers and initiators come in at a 20% return, which does lag non-dividend payers. We see dividend, non-dividend payers, excuse me, in green comes in at the highest performer during these bull markets. We can think of these stocks as possibly more growth, more innovative focused, um, you know, possibly younger, because again, they don't pay dividends quite yet. They are factually the better returners in a bull market. But in a bear market, and this is so critical, this is what I consider performance, okay? This is why I say this is actually does factor in. Look how fascinating this is. While the non-dividend pairs have an average return of negative 30% during a bear market, we see negative 12.5, nearly you know, over half of a better return there in the dividend growers. Their drawdown is significantly less. We look at the overall return here, and we see that when factoring in both markets, 13.8% uh, over this time period to the dividend growers, uh, the aristocrats, we could maybe call those, which does you know provide actually a better return uh, than the uh, non-dividend pairs. But you know rather than the the, the the total return, it's the experience of investing that dividend stocks will give you as to why I disagree that they are bad and why, although you could argue yes in truth like it is not bonus money. No one said it's bonus money. But if you're going to lean one way or the other, especially if you're a new investor, minimizing those drawdowns again, and and why those, why there's less drawdowns. If I were to speculate is because again, they're strong companies, they're growing. We talked about their fundamentals are likely in check. Hence why they've been able to grow their dividends for this long, yada, yada, yada. That is huge for an investor, especially when you factor in the emotions and the psychological aspect of investing. When you are a year or two or three years into the market, maybe you haven't lived through a major market crash big difference to see your portfolio go from hundred thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars because you were in you know a bunch of innovative tech versus seeing that drop 10 you know 15 percent as per this example assuming you were in in, in uh, dividend growers and still capturing a lot of that upside return and growth in the um, uh, bull markets right so case in point being I hope this was not uh, messy and, and it did kind of like help clear some things up. I think at the end of the day just remember guys i've said it a million times like we want to focus on companies that are able to grow their earnings they have something going for them they're in the right market they're doing well they're able to consistently make money first of all and then grow that and that often gets reflected in a company that's able to pay their dividend now again you know there are examples like a, like an amazon which doesn't pay dividend and they still grow their earnings because they have a better opportunity to invest that within the business and grow more Well then, hey, own that too. In my portfolio, I don't only own dividend stocks. I own a hybrid for this exact reason. Um, That's actually a good, fascinating point. You know, maybe this leans you towards saying, instead of being a strictly dividend investor, like 100%, maybe I do factor in some growth. That's exactly what I do in my portfolio. I have a core of my holdings in these dividend stocks that are awesome, but I do still invest in stocks that don't pay a dividend and do grow that, uh, grow the business and the share price over time. That's just personally how I like to do it. But hey, did that make sense to you guys? If it did, um, please do uh, let me know down in the comment section below. If it didn't make sense, hey, let me know. And maybe I can clarify. I do think it was um, a little bit of a messy video in all honesty. A lot of thoughts going around. And I probably could have thought of a better way to, um, you know, display it for you guys. And again, hopefully it was clear. If it was, give this video a big thumbs up, make sure you're subscribed for more content like this. At the end of the day, I just really don't like it when I see people uh, commenting that dividends are bad. Um, you know, if you're set on that, good for you, but it it dissuades other investors. People, you know, new investors reading around the comment section, like, oh, are, are dividends bad? Like, oh, um, I don't believe so. I think dividends are freaking awesome. Uh, as I mentioned a lot in this video, but hey, Give this video a thumbs up if you enjoyed, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Um, If you like learning about stuff like this uh, and anything investing related, check out the Investing Academy. That is our training uh, program for Canadians on how to invest uh, pretty much from scratch. You can know absolutely nothing. You can be uh, greener than green, as we like to say. That's a lot of people say, I'm I'm green. I'm a zero out of 10 in knowledge, Uh, I haven't started yet. That's who we work with. We will walk you through step by step that entire process get you confident and get you standing up on your own two feet uh, when it comes to this DIY game of investing because it's such a powerful field to know. Uh, it's such a cool area to be familiar with. Investing in the stock market and especially doing it without paying those fees to the bank and those mutual funds, there's something very powerful about doing it yourself and cutting those costs down from the, the bank's and the mutual funds, excuse me, when you know how to properly build a portfolio, which very likely may include dividends and fame. Maybe for a lot of people, it doesn't include dividends. Not saying it's the be all end all, but I'm certainly saying I don't believe that they are inherently bad, Um, not at all. If you guys would like to check that out, that is that first link down below. Of course, follow me on Blossom if you guys haven't done that already. But as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you in the next video.